Today I'd like to just uh, go straight into the word of the Lord. And uh, I'd like to bring us back to the theme of uh, our church for this year. And it is rich. Everybody say rich. Rich. All right, our theme is rich. Uh, taken from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to verse 25. Lest you have forgotten, let us come back to our theme. And I pray that we are really live out and experience, all right, the richness of God, the blessings of God, even as we endeavor to reach for Him. And when we talk about reach, there are so many areas that we can talk about, all right? We have hardly, we have hardly uh, delved into the, uh, 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 the theme as yet. You know, we have touched here and there, but uh, uh, we have hardly uh, dwelled upon even the theme on the reach, we can talk about reach up, reach in, reach out. We can talk about reach higher, reach deeper, reach further. In all these areas, there's so much that we can talk about. <clears throat> but uh, today, I'd like to just bring us back to our theme and the first one, which is reach up. Which is reach up. Now, what is the one thing that can really turn our church around? What is the one thing that can really turn your life, your family situation around? It's back to basics. But I think the one thing that can really turn anything around is the area of prayer. And we have hardly... touch the surface of prayer in our lives. But if we really know prayer and the power of prayer, friends, there is nothing that can defeat any one of us. You will be triumphant, the church will be on revival or in revival, and the blessings of God will continue to flow through His people. So prayer... My text is taken from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. It's a very interesting text, and some of you are very, very familiar with this text. Not the whole one, perhaps, but portions of it, because we like to cherry-pick the word of the Lord. Do you have your Bible? All right. Let's read the word of the Lord together. Whatever... kind of word of God that you have, whether it be the printed copy, the hard copy, or the electronic Bible, shall we stand together to read this portion, all right? Actually, I have it on the, on the screen, but I don't want to show you. I want you to read from your own good old Bible, all right? And uh, let's read it, whatever version that you have, from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. Ready? And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Let's read together aloud, whatever version you have, okay? Verse 2. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, 
for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine, his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? May God bless his word. Thank you very much. Please be seated. I'd like to treat this passage in its entire context and talk about the heart of prayer. Many times we just take the Lord's prayer or the prayer and talk a lot about it. Or, oh, we like that part about us and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And we just take that, you know, entirely out of its context. Or we like the, uh, the, 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 the midnight friend, you know, and talk about perseverance, persistence in prayer. But I think to do the test justice, we have to take the entire 13 verses together. You cannot choose and pick and build a theology based on that. The heart of prayer. I think everybody prays. Every Christian pray. Even non-believers, they pray. Before I was a Christian, I pray. I was a Buddhist, and a very devout one as he, at that too. And even, I think, even atheists do pray. When they, when the hammer landed on their Finger, ouch, oh God. Or at a desperate moment, they will still reach out to the supreme being. So everybody prays. But I think our problem is some, sometimes when we look up to heaven, we wonder, does my prayer really reach God? It hardly reaches the ceiling. It bounces off the ceiling. And when we pray, many times we wonder, God, do you really care? Do you really answer my prayers? Many people do not pray consistently 
Or they give up on prayer entirely. They may be Christians, well-meaning Christians, but they don't believe in prayer anymore because they think God doesn't care. God is not interested. This is too small a thing to bother God with. But today, we'd like to invite you to prayer, the most powerful force on this planet Earth that can change your entire life and with your entire experience with God. Some of us, when we pray, you know, when we commit ourselves to prayer, and we say, okay, God, I'm going, you know, after hearing a message on prayer, I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend at least 15 minutes every day in prayer. So the next morning, when we wake up, okay, you know, we set everything ready, commit the 15 minutes to God in prayer. We started praying, oh God, I thank you for this day and blah, 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 and after that, our mind goes, our mind begins to wander. In less than 30 seconds, our mind begins to wander already. Uh, what shall I have for breakfast? Huh? Oh, what, this, this job problem. Oh, my, 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 my children, I don't know, I have to rush them here and there to, uh, today. And in 30 seconds, we already give up on prayer because our mind begin to wander elsewhere. And after that, we feel guilty. Oh God, how can I do that in front of you? I'm supposed to come before you in prayer. And we feel guilty about it. And on that same day, we give up on prayer. So today and next week, next week, I'd like to teach you on prayer. Just, you know, and, and, and I'm going to talk about a simple prayer. Everybody can do it. All right, a simple prayer next week. But today, I'd like to talk about the heart of prayer so that you understand even this prayer and not give up on prayer altogether because it is the most powerful thing. It is not just for the prayer pastor, for the prayer minister, for, you know, and, and all that, but it is for every one of us. The heart of prayer, first of all, is a heart that prays. It is a heart that prays. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 2. Now it came to pass as he was praying. Now as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he sees, look at the way that Luke put it. He could have just said, after Jesus had ceased praying, the disciples came to him. But the way that he's put is, now, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. Jesus was praying first. He prayed, 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 prayed. You know? And then after that, when he sees. It gives us the picture that the disciples were hanging around there. And the disciples saw Jesus praying. They saw him praying. And how long he prayed, we do not know. But it is just like you, you know, when... You know, when, when, when somebody is called upon to pray, you know, to, to close the service in prayer, and you pray, and then everybody just waiting, watching, okay? You may follow along, and your mind may begin to wander, but then after that, you know, uh, 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 you are just waiting for the person to stop praying. And, and that is the picture of the disciples here. Jesus must have been praying for a long time, and they watched Jesus pray. And there's something about that moment when Jesus was praying. Have you watched somebody pray and you were just pulled into it? There's something about that person praying. It is not a ritual praying. 
There is something, perhaps, perhaps there was a glow, there was a shine on Jesus, maybe. But whatever it was, it attracted the disciples and they just waited and waited and waited for him to finish praying because whatever it is that Jesus had, they wanted it. There is something different about praying, about a man who is praying, who is, who is in deep, deep communication, conversation with God. And they saw it. It is amazing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Himself prays, and he prays often. The heart of prayer is the heart that prays. Jesus was oftentimes seen praying. Actually, he doesn't need to pray. He just called the Father, the Father answers. But he spent a lot of times seeking the Father's face. Oftentimes alone, up in the mountain or elsewhere. And this time, the disciples saw it. You see, prayer is not just something that's learned through a book. But they began to catch it when they saw Jesus praying and the spirit of it all. You see, the main thing of our prayer is the spirit and the heart of it all. Jesus' heart was in prayer. To him, that's the most important thing in his life. Not the miracles or other things, because those other things will not happen unless he spent time in prayer. So he prayed, he prayed. And when he stopped praying, oh, immediately the disciples wanted to talk to him. You see, the problem with us is many times we treat prayer as a fire extinguisher. You know fire extinguisher? When do you use a fire extinguisher? Only when there's a fire. Other than that, you don't know, hey, where's the fire extinguisher? You, you, you have even forgotten where you place the fire extinguisher. You see? So many times we treat prayer as a fire extinguisher. When there's a fire in my life, in my family, when there's big, big problem, oh, we, 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 we run to God in prayer. God, help me. We treat prayer as it's too tough for me moment. Ha, that's when we come to God. When there's a family problem, when there's a financial crisis, where there is a health issue, ah, we come running to God. And there's nothing wrong with that. God wants to welcome each one of us in those moments, definitely. But what about those mundane moments in life? When things seem to be going well and smoothly for you, do you still depend on God in prayer? And what Jesus wants to teach us, as you shall see later on, is not just a formula in praying. They ask for a formula in prayer, but He is teaching them a lifestyle of prayer, a consistent pattern of praying. Because they saw with their own eyes, how Jesus prayed. And it was powerful prayer. Oh, sometimes when you are near to, to, to people who are deep in prayer, you can even sense the anointing of God right there and then. 
and you honor and respect them even in those prayer moments. The power of God is so real. So prayer is not just a fire extinguisher. Even in the mundane, routine moments of our life, the main thing is a heart of prayer, is a heart that is always constantly reaching out to God in prayer. Whether you are in a crisis or whether you are on the top of the world, you are still depending upon God. Your heart, your spirit is always reaching out to God. And that's the whole essence of prayer. That's why Luke chapter 18 says, men ought always to pray. Always to pray. Paul says, pray without ceasing. The spirit of it all, the heart. We are passionate. Our heart is passionate about God and about, about reaching out to Him, about, about, uh, uh, about depending upon Him for the, the, uh, every day, for everything in our life. Even when you are going to the grocery, even when you are fetching the children, whatever it is, our heart is always reaching out. Friends, that's what prayer is all about. So the disciples say, after Jesus had finished praying, disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Notice, the word is teach us to pray, not teach us how to pray, but teach us to pray. It's not how to pray, what words to say, what to do, and all those kind of things. There's something about prayer in Jesus' life. Teach us to pray like you are praying. They notice it. But... They have learned so much from Jesus and yet there's one thing that they want to learn. Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is still a mystery to them as it is a mystery to many of us. If there's one thing I want to learn, it's about prayer. To cultivate that healthy prayer connection with God at all times. But if you actually read the text, it says, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. John the Baptist. How did John the Baptist teach his disciples how to pray? As John. So in a way, <coughs> the expectation was correct when they first came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. But then after that, they say, as John taught the disciples to pray, how did John teach? John, following the Jewish method, the Jewish method is basically they will give you a prayer formula. You repeat the formula. And John's disciples would have done that. They repeated a prayer formula, and uh, that's, that's how they pray. But Jesus did not give them a formula. He gave them a pattern, yes, but it wasn't a formula to be repeated like John's disciples. Jesus gave us something even better, a, 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 a pattern. And that is what we have, uh, 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 we call it the Lord's Prayer or the prayer. But Jesus in the Sermon on the, on the Mount have already cautioned and says, do not pray like the pagans. They use many words, repetition. 
Jesus says, no, no, he already warned us, don't pray like that. But he taught them even uh, uh, to pray and gave a pattern of prayer. And that pattern is basically that of a heart for prayer. When your heart is there, friends, prayer begins to move mountains. And so the main thing is we have to rebuild the altar of prayer in our life. Just like Elijah did in 1 Kings chapter 18. There was a confrontation with the prophets of Baal, and they cried out to their gods. Millions of words were used. They cut themselves and all that. No power. But Elijah prayed just a 63-word prayer. 63 word, and I tell you, fire came down. Fire came down. He built the altar first. He, built, he, he prayed a 63 worded prayer, and God answered by fire. Friends, we have to rebuild that altar. Rebuild that altar of prayer in your life. How do you have a heart for prayer? Friends, brothers and sisters, we have to allocate that time to God whether it be 10 minutes, whether it be 15 minutes, whether half an hour, one hour, you start off in a small way. But you're spending time with God just like Jesus did. Have a heart, cultivate a heart for prayer. We cultivate our passion for so many things in life. What about prayer? And give yourself to prayer. When we have a, any, any, any time that the church gathers together for prayer, don't miss out because that's where you are, you are telling the Lord, Lord, teach us, to, teach us to pray. And when we have opportunities to learn about prayer, we do not use it. Whether it be the Wednesday prayer or the morning prayer or the cell prayer, whatever it is, whenever we have the opportunity, just come and learn. Learn to pray. This is something. You know, and uh, in life, we have, to, we have to put away the notion that we, we know enough about something already and we do not need to learn anymore, especially in the area of prayer. We may be a Christian for many years, but there's so much about prayer. So cultivate that heart of prayer. It is investing our life in prayer, going beyond a prayer formula. All great men of God invested their life in prayer. Abraham did, Moses did, David did, Elijah did. And even in the modern days, church, this is one area that all of us need to learn. And I pray that we will catch the spirit of prayer. We need it. You need it. I need it. Every one of us need it. Do I hear an amen on that? So give yourself, all right? You know, the, 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 the flesh in the beginning, you know, may, may, may find it difficult, but the more that you cultivate it, give yourself that time and uh, focus on the Word and, and, and in spending time with God in prayer. And, and, and like I say, it's not just an allotted time, you know, oh, 15 minutes I'm done with prayer and for the rest of the day you forget about God. No, it is cultivating that habit, uh, 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 the, the, the heart. Or it's, it's a habit of the heart that throughout the day, you are consciously communicating with God and connecting with God for whatever it is, in good times, in bad times, whatever your needs may be, the heart of prayer is a heart to pray. Secondly, the heart of prayer is about who God is. 
Many times prayer focuses on ourselves and all our needs. You come to God only when, oh God, I'm in trouble. I need this, I need that. All right? And the Father will listen. You know? But that's not what prayer is all about. Actually, the prayer is about, it's all about who God is. And that's where we have the next, uh, 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 after Jesus has given them the, the Lord's Prayer, He gave them a parable. He first of all gave them a pattern, and after that He gave them a parable. And this parable is the one that has uh, caused us to be a little bit confused about a friend who is in need and approached the neighbor, and it was midnight. He has a visitor, he got no bread. He knocked on the door of the neighbor and asked for bread. And the friend was sleeping. The neighbor was sleeping, reluctant to get up. But because of the importunity or the persistence of the, of, of the neighbor, he woke up and gave him what he wanted. The idea is, you know, many times we preach from that, from, from this passage and talk about uh, uh, persistence in prayer. All right, yeah, this passage may talk about persistence in prayer, but on the other hand, if you take it in, in its context, Jesus is still talking about prayer. He's still teaching them about prayer. And after giving them the lost, uh, the lost prayer as a pattern, not as a formula, you know, he talks about this parable. Where does it fit in? It gives us the idea that God is a reluctant God. Just like this neighbor, you know, He's already asleep. God is already asleep. But our God never sleeps, right or not? Psalms 121, our God neither sleeps nor slumbers. But his neighbor, he's already asleep and then, and then, and then he refuses to get up. But this guy kept knocking on the door. So finally, he relented and gave this guy what he wanted. It is as if, you know, you have to beg God. And he's reluctant to bless you because he is sleeping. He doesn't want to be bothered. That's why it breaks down. The parable breaks down. But that's not what the parable teaches here. You see, <clears throat> what Jesus is trying to teach here is a contrast. There is a rabbinical method of teaching, the use of contrast. Jesus used it many, very often in his teaching. He says, for example, there was a wise man and there was a foolish man. Contrast. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. The foolish man builds his house upon the sand. Contrast. Wise and foolish. And the main purpose of this parable is a contrast between this man and God. God is not like this man. This man is reluctant to get up at night, to be bothered at night. But God, by contrast, is an ever-willing God. He's ever-willing to listen to you, to hear your prayers. Not like that man. Contrast. And so that's why we build our wrong theology about prayer. And that's why we are so uh, ineffective in our prayer. Because when we come to God, we are thinking about God as a reluctant God. I have to beg and beg and beg and finally, okay, I'll give you a little bit. Lah. And because of that, hey, we seldom get our prayers answered because we already come with the idea that, man, you know, God is a tough God. 
to get anything out of his hands is so tough. <clears throat> but our God is not like that. Can somebody say amen? E. Stanley Jones says, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is cooperating with His highest willingness. God is not a God who is reluctant to bless. Our God is willing and ready to exceedingly bless us in so many different ways. So when you come in prayer, what idea of God do you have? What theology of God do you have? Wrong theology produces weak and ineffective prayer. Right theology produces powerful prayer. So who is God? In contrast to this guy, he's totally different. Jesus says, ask the Father. Our Father who art in heaven. And then verse 13 also. Ask the Father. Our God is our heavenly Father. You can come before Him as a Father who is ready to bless you. Who is ready to hear your heart's cry. Right? And He's ever willing. So in contrast to the reluctant God that many of us may have an idea of God. Our God is the God of the how much more. How much more? The contrast is another contrast is that of an earthly father. <coughs> earthly father and the heavenly father. He says, if you, earthly father, are willing to give the best gifts to your children, how much more the heavenly father? How much more? If you parents are so generous with your children, how much more the Heavenly Father is generous towards those who come to Him. God is able to give. He is always ready to give us what is best for us. God is more than willing to answer because of His character, His capability, and His compassion. God of the how much more. You ask for a little grace. He pours abundant grace to you. How much more? So therefore, do not be afraid to come before the Lord. Do not be afraid to come before the Lord. He's not the reluctant guy. He's not the reluctant God up there. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to... I have to, I have to Twist the arms of God to get something. No, you don't have to. Our God is the God of the how much more. And with that kind of a faith, we can come before God and expect the blessings of the Heavenly Father. Come in faith, no longer doubting. No, I wonder whether uh, how many times I must ask before God have to answer. I wonder, I wonder. No, don't wonder anymore. Just trust and believe in who God is. He's the God of the how much 
more. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And lastly, the heart of prayer is about the heart of God. It is about the heart of God and what God wants. Friends, it's not, prayer is not about how long my prayer is, how short my prayer is. <clears throat> prayer is not about our eloquence, how eloquent we are before God. Prayer is not even how long you spend in prayer. All these are sometimes important. But prayer is about who God is and it is about the heart of God and, want, and, and what He wants to give to each and every one of us. If you then been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give? What does the heavenly Father do? He gives. He gives. To those who ask, He gives. You see, it's the heart of God. He's a generous God. He's a giving God. But what does that mean? Here's where, here's where we come to that favorite verse in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Everybody say, without looking even at the board, I think you should know it. Ask, it shall be given. Seek and knock. Wow. And so we come to God asking, God, I need 10 million ringgit. Mm. You close your eye, you open your eye, you expect 10 million ringgit to appear. It does not happen that way, as many of you know. Well, sometimes we take the Bible, we rub it three times. <laughs> like a genie, rubbing on the, on the bottle there, when a genie appears, and, and God will answer all your requests. Again here, this verse must be taken in its context. The context is Jesus has already given us a pattern of prayer. And in that pattern of prayer, there were seven things there. Three things related to God and four things related to us in the Lord's Prayer. It's about God. It's about us. And the things about us is, what, what, are, the, what are the things? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be given. Knock and, knock and the door shall be opened. Does it mean that it is a free license to anything you want on this earth? Many people claim this verse, claim, 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 and when it doesn't happen, they blame God. No. Jesus has already taught them, even in the pattern of prayer, in the asking, He talks about the daily needs. Yes, the daily needs. He talks about forgiveness. He talks about the kingdom of God. And those are the essential things that are there. And those are the things that we should keep on Seeking the face of the Lord. And when you ask those kind of things, He says, ask, seek, knock, and it shall be given to you. Not anything that you simply like at all. So we ask for the right things a Father's gift. And God has so many things in store for us. He is God of the how much more. 
James says, you have not because you have not asked. You asked, you did not receive because you asked amiss. When you have a heart of prayer, when you know who God is and the heart, when you understand the heart of God, friends, you won't be like those name it and claim it kind of theology, asking just to fulfill your lusts and wants, but rather you ask for the things of God. Even in your problems, for example, what do you ask? Yes, you ask for, ask for deliverance, you ask for answers to read, but at the, at, at the heart of it, you ask even through those problems that you, that you are facing, God, what do you want? What do you want me to learn? What, do you, what, what, what are you trying to teach me here? You are trying to discern the will of God through everything. What does God, what does God want for you? Friends, it's about the heart of God. It is not just about my wants, my lust to satisfy it, but rather, God, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's one request that God will never ever reject. One request that God always say yes to. And this is the important thing. This is about the heart of God. And this is what God is ever so ready to give. But is anybody asking? We ask for cars, we ask for houses, we ask for husbands, we ask for wives. Is anybody asking this one thing that Jesus says, the Father is ever ready, ever willing to give? The one request that he will never turn down. What is that? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He has this gift. The most powerful, the most precious gift. He's ready to give it already. But not many people are asking. They ask for all other things. They seek for all other things. They knock on so many doors. But this one gift is waiting. The Holy Spirit. You see, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything. He gives you the strength. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you the comfort. He gives you the guidance. When you don't know how to pray, He teaches you how to pray. He prays through you. That's why God, Jesus Himself, selected this one thing that is in the heart of the Father to give to His children. But not many people are asking. But, it, but today you know about that one gift. Ask God for the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and the infilling, the refilling of the Holy Spirit, the day by day relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you about the heart of prayer. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us who Jesus is and everything that Jesus has said, He will bring to our remembrance. 
when he, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. He's our friend. That's why the past few weeks, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And in prayer, you cannot pray without the help of the Holy Spirit. So many of you us are stuck in prayer. We, 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 we haven't gone into the heart of prayer because we do not have the Holy Spirit. We try to pray in our own strength, with our own understanding. And after a while, our mind wanders away. After a while, we run out of words. How do you communicate with God, a holy God? It's through the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Enter into the Spirit realm. Prayer is in the Spirit. That's where we'll find our prayer effective with the help of the Holy Spirit. And all you need to do is just ask and the Father will grant the Holy Spirit. Friends, the heart of prayer. It will change you. It will change me. The heart of prayer is the heart of praise. It's about who God is and what God wants. Shall we pray?